broadcasting from across the North American continent of the Terran Empire, bringing you our unpopular Star Trek opinions since 2020. This is Code 47. And we are back. Secret Friends Unite Podcast Network presents Code 47. This is episode 45. This is Charlie Carden, Trek Lord of West Michigan, captain of the USS Grand Petoskey, a chapter of the International Star Trek Fan Club, coming at you with my co-host, Lieutenant Commander Raren. That would be Rich and Aaron. Uh, Rich is having a little bit of difficulty, <laughs> as you can see, if you're watching us on video. Uh, no, no, show- I, I just saw Aaron's username. Oh, oh, good lord! Yeah, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even change mine. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, I'm too serious, you know, you know, because I'm running the shit. I don't know. Um, but at well, any rate, this this is, it's okay, Pappy. Every time I got kicked out, it took me to this screen where I could change my name. So the second time, I was like, I'm going to tell him that I'm not happy with this. Oh my god! Oh no! Well, we are on a little bit. Uh, we're, we're all business tonight. We don't have a lot of time to kick around, but we do have like a really cool new episode to do um, that is going to actually pioneer a new format of the show. Now, starting next week, the next episode, uh, we have Lower Deck season two kicking off. Our format is going to be we're going to cover that episode, and then we're going to segue into our new segment, which I have already forgotten. Uh, Infinite Diversity, our new segment, where we're going to talk about a socially relevant uh, segment of Star Trek going across the entirety of the franchise. So what was decided is that we're going to take this episode and we are going to uh, take on a two-parter to fill it up and to kind of give you a taste of what's to come. So uh, now this was, Rich, this was your idea or Aaron, this was your idea to do this episode? This was Aaron's idea to do the episode. Okay. Well, guess what? Two episodes. Guess what, Aaron? You're going to be doing a lot of the driving here. So I'm going to kick it right over to you. Why don't you introduce to our faithful listeners what we got going on here? Okay, so we chose to watch tonight um, a two-parter, which is Past Tense, Part 1 and Part 2. This is uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and it actually has a lot of social relevance to things that have happened, I guess, fairly recently in history within the last hundred years things that are ongoing, problems that we can have in the future if we remain on the same trajectory that we're on now. Um, But it's not too heavy. I mean, we are going to talk about homelessness and things like that quite a bit, but um, I think it's a good launching point for us if this is what we're doing, which we all, the three of us agree is fantastic. Um, For sure. I do want to warn anyone listening, the three of us are so similarly liberal-minded when it comes to social issues, that this True. might not be for you, but right. it is what it, it is. It, it is what it is. Yeah, we are all um, we're all we're all like-minded a lot about this stuff, and we don't talk a lot about uh, politics. Uh, but we are all dyed-in-the-wool um, haters of Donald Trump and people that support him. Sorry uh, to hang that right out there. You know, we uh, on SFU, uh, our social media group, we do not espouse politics. Um, but it's pretty hard to dance around it this way. So I would imagine that we're going to talk a little bit more about the episode uh, than we're going to talk about um, individual politics or individual politicians, I should say. We would won't that, be talking be about to... politics for the most part, I don't think, with this one, except for, you know, maybe past politics, you know, gulags and, and Stalin and Russia and things like for that. Sure. So 
for sure. Um, for sure. But that's as deep as that'll probably get today. Good deal. Well, all right. Well, let's kick it off. Uh, and again, we're talking about episodes. Uh, uh, this is season three, episodes 11 and 12 of Deep Space Nine, uh, aired in January of 1995. My God, I was, uh, I was my freshman year in college. <laughs> living, in, living, in, living in the dorms at Michigan State University. So, um, Michigan, was before, huh? yeah, Michigan, you big, big dumb dumb. You're 14. Oh, I, oh, I know. So. Rich is the old man. I'm the monkey in the middle, and you're the bebe of this group. Yeah, that I think we have I, in here, 95, so. I would have been like 14. I was born in 81. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was 76, so I was 19. So, um, yeah, but um, yeah, this was. Um, a crazy change of um, change of pace for Deep Space Nine, a show that is largely set in a space station in the far flung corners of the of the Star Trek universe uh, outside of the Federation. But uh, we have our folks making a trip uh, back to Earth for a conference, and they're just gonna you know do a regular old Dex. Uh, Bashir and Cisco are just gonna beam down to Starfleet headquarters, and when they do, that's right, transporter malfunction. Womp Oops. womp. Uh, but it's a but it's a weird one because it's not like it beamed them, you know, to Tahiti or something. It beamed them back in time, three hundred years to the early twenty twenties. Gotta go back in time. In time. Oh no! Dun 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 dun! Back in time. All right. So uh, I have a question. I have a question about transporter malfunctions. Okay. They're never good malfunctions. Well, what? Well, okay. All right. Well, let, let me turn your statement into a question. What would be a good transporter malfunction? Ending up in Tahiti. Yeah, somewhere nice. I, was, I just, I just said that. I know. Like, okay, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm thinking right. to myself. Well, That's they why never it's would strange Tahiti, that right? you acted like it was odd. Like, what could be good when you had just <laughs> yeah, literally right. said it? You, right, you threw yeah. that out there, man. That's that's all you. All right, but, all right. I got it. So, so like, anyway, like you know, like to send them to. Oh, look, they're 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 50 years ago, and everything is great still because they're still within that you know the confines of the Federation and all that stuff. Well, at least for humanity, anyway, right? Yeah, right. Or but, if it was, yeah, like they're back in Kirk's time where you know, right, right, you know right. women don't wear clothing and whatever you know much clothing at all or whatever. So most um, of them so are anyway, green, you know, most of them are green exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so they're, they they get tossed back in time, um, and it's not a good scene. They wake up on the street decks and or. Uh, they're, they wake up. Dex is gone. It's just Bashir and Cisco. They've been mugged in the night, so it's like they don't have their com badges. They don't have they don't have anything. And then they get approached by these local cops because they're in a sanctuary district. And this is where we start to figure out that things in the 2020s, where we live now, are maybe really not so great. And again, this was 1995. Right. Uh, they're so very the, similar the, to the 1930s. I mean, like let's yeah, let's be honest very much about like the it. Depression era and yeah. um, gulags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that this episode in the second portion does actually literally touch upon the 1930s that Star Trek ex- itself visited uh, in the episode "City on the Edge of Forever" with a little Easter egg. Which, if you didn't catch it, I will I will drop that when we get to that point in the episode. Um, but yeah, Dax and Dax and or excuse me, uh, Cisco and Bashir wake up. They're being uh, interrogated by these uh, these local district security Thugs. police, and, and yeah, and and uh, uh, Dax is nowhere to be seen. Turns out that you know they were they were backed up against a subway entrance. She's at the bottom of it, and nobody found her. So she's later discovered by. I'm going to let Aaron take this away. Who discovers Dax? Rick Astley. <laughs> Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Let you down. It's your turn. So. 
Keep singing. I'm Rich, kidding. you haven't sung yet. Come on. Oh, you're never going to run around and desert you. No one needs to hear me sing, dude. Okay, buddy. You can That's sing right. you know together what? forever. Together forever. <laughs> okay, very good. Let's get back to the episode. So anyway, uh, what happens is um, Bashir and Cisco end up at the processing center in the sanctuary district where they're you know, in line with a doesn't, ragtag bunch of people. Doesn't processing center, though, when you're looking at it the way it's written, sound like that's somewhere that like cattle's gonna go to, to become pretty much meat. meat. Maybe, and maybe, it's maybe kids it, at a border between Texas and Mexico or something. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I guess. Yeah, oh, I they, wonder. They put them in much smaller cages. Yeah. There. Exactly. That's true. But yeah. yeah it, if you look at this waiting room, it looks like it looks like the DMV. It's a total nightmare. It looks like the DMV crossed with the post office in hell. I mean, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, but they they do sit down and chat with this very nice lady who's trying to help him out. She's filling him in, and she says, "Well, you're going to have to stay here in the sanctuary." And he's like, "Well, where are we supposed to live? How are we supposed to get a job?" Well, you know, services should be able to help you with that. But she says something akin to, "Oh, everything's backed up, or the computer's broken," and just basically like. Uh, we process you, get the hell out of here, go live on the street. Yeah. Because that that is the that is the entire societal format of this um of the sanctuary district with Cisco, which is funny, I remarked to you guys when we were talking about this. Cisco identifies himself as he and Bashir in the in the next scene after kind of walking down the street talking about where they're at and and Cisco is educating Bashir, who of course knows nothing about twenty first century Earth. But, well, I'm kind of an aficionado of 21st century earth so i'm like really because <laughs> everything that we have here kind of sucks i mean we had social media we have you know facebook and tiktok and twitter and he knows about all of that stuff he was way ahead maybe that's why Avery brooks is really crazy in real life now because he really he saw the future and it drove him mad entirely possible he, he went through the uh he went through the wormhole yeah exa- yeah in more ways than one so did you know uh, did you notice that mr futterman was in this episode absolutely yeah actor gremlins Actor Dick Miller, who passed yeah. away just just a couple of years ago, he a great guy who's been in you know friggin' everything. Yeah, he's. Really um, but he anyway, he's a. Uh, no, he was. No, Mr. he was one of the. Yeah, he was one of the. He was one of the. Um, one of the two district cops. Oh, yeah. the old. You know, there one. was the old guy. The old guy. Yeah, and the, the old one, guy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's so, a dude. I, I remember him from Chopping Mall and Night of the Creeps and stuff. Oh, like that. God, God. What's the crazy homeless guy from? That's Clint Howard. That's Ron that's Howard. Clint, yeah, that's Clint Howard. Yeah, oh. yeah. Who is so who is literally as a child puts his stamp on the Star Trek franchise. He was Balak in the episode, the Corbinite Maneuver. Look that shit up. Right. As a child. Yep. Um, but anyway, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. So yeah. So <laughs> you know. Uh, Back to Dax, you know, Rick Astley is, is a, he's a fancy dude. It's hilarious. He's describing like, oh, I'm in charge of this internet company or blah, 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 Channel 90 and this, and that, like all these super like anachronistic shit that basically you're thinking about we're living 2021. This is a few years from now. A bunch of stuff that doesn't mean anything. He's like, oh, it's very futuristic and blah, 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 and I'm fancy. And, and uh, so he gets Dax at like a nice hotel room. He gets her some fancy clothes, invites her to a fancy party where, you know, he he's standing around with his friends. and They're talking about how, oh, Europe is falling apart and stuff. And, oh, it's a good thing that's not happening here. And uh, Wow, Dax that's very like, uh, World War II, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could never happen here. And Dax says, uh, well, you know, I got mugged and separated by my friends. So, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? When, you my, know, ex-husband, like when my ex-husband and I bought a house... In the attic, there was like this giant, and when I mean giant, it was probably like 12 feet long, like homemade trunk. 
And when I opened it, there were all these weird things inside, um, like a, a bedpan that's in its original box and never used. That's probably <laughs> like 50 years old. But then there were all these newspapers from World War II. And I was wow. looking at them and it was the whole attitude of all of it was Europe's war and how like the U.S. isn't going to get involved. Yeah, not like going to come here. We're I was, good. Yeah, I was you're surprised right. by like the lack of compassion, but that's very similar to, to this. Right. And exactly. And an attitude of the rich, you know, it's, oh, we, you know, we, we went on vacation and it sucked because we had to cut our vacation short because of this thing and that thing. It's just like, you know, COVID maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, rich pricks. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, we find Cisco, uh, and uh, Bashir on the street. Uh, they're kind of, they're, they're trying to, uh, you know, get, you know, warm clothes. And so they end up trading out um, for some kind of skeevy local clothes. I love it how everybody looks like, you said the 1920s, everybody kind of dresses like the 1920s, big overalls and the, and the, and the dropey shirts, you know what I, I mean? I said so, 1930s. 1930s, whatever, you know what I mean? S- same difference. Everybody well, the, looks like it's, the parallel, it looks like the, the cast, parallels. looks like the cast of Annie between this and like gulags would have happened in mm-hmm. that time period of the thirties. Right. No, exactly. Correct. So, um, so yeah, so what, what happens is that then, then they bump into the eventual kind of head thug, this dude named BC who starts shaking them down. Um, and BC is the kind of cat that he, you know, he's walking up and down the food line. Um, basically her, basically he's the school bully harassing you for your milk money. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does it once, he does that to Bashir and tries to shake him down and starts beating him up. And then this random guy jumps in. Now I'll back it up because I kind of missed a key piece of it. When Cisco and Bashir were sitting in the DMV, he uh, Cisco catches note of a, uh, of a clock on the wall, which again, as I told you guys famously has the temperature in Celsius, which guys, we got three years and here in the USA, we're going to finally adapt to the metric system. So, <laughs> and we're going to ha- backslide. And we're going to yeah. backslide. No social media, no phones. It'll be right, great. exactly. Yeah, we're going to have we'll the, be in gulags, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be crazy. Um, but he mentioned that, uh, you know, they were at, at that the first week of September, which was a few days uh, later than where they currently were, a, a dude named Gabriel Bell uh, helped uh, stave off a, a revolt in this sanctuary district, which basically turned around the entire world and destroyed this system of sanctuary districts and chain. And he said, and it forced the, the United States to address social problems that it had for a hundred years, which would again, put it right back in the 1920s. So exactly what we were talking about. Um, so anyway, flash forward, the guy who runs to Bashir's defense and then gets stabbed and dies, uh, gets stabbed by BC is you guessed it. It's Gabriel bell. So now the guy that is supposed to turn everything around is dead. Uh, but fortunately, he's a brown-skinned man, just like Cisco. So, guess what happens? <laughs> Let me guess. Cisco pretends to be Bell. Right, exactly. So, once BC uh, and his party uh, eventually, and meanwhile, in between, Bashir and Cisco have connected with this guy Webb, actor Bill Smitrovich, who you've seen in absolutely everything, um, who's just another down on his luck kind of guy. He's got a teenage son that uh, got beat up in a fight, and Bashir, uh, you know, kind of nursed him back to health, uh, you know, using medical stuff. Um, so they end up hooking up with with Webb, uh, and then they they end up finding out that that BC decided to storm the DMV, and he's going to take things over. Um, so Cisco and Bashir show up, they join him and BC says, you know, well, who are you? He says, the name is Bell, Gabriel Bell. So exactly that. And that's the end of part one. Um, so I, so I have a question about yes, please. part one here. Um, 
Cisco says that, you know, this, this bell um, rebellion is what kind of gets America and the world basically, or the United States anyway, to face their social problems right. and kind of start fixing things. What, because we're not, we're not facing our social problems as much as we should. Do you think we, that, look, we have three years, Rich, what do you want? My question here years. is, my question here is, do you think that that's something that is on our horizon? Not, not, in the Star Trek way, but like just as a real life thing. I mean, we're very much in a spot where I, right, I the think Star it's Trek world possible, but unfortunately I think a large part of the population has to die. And I don't mean like, let's go kill them. I mean, of old age. Right. You're, yeah. You're talking about this is that, that we're waiting for a revolution that could happen in 50 years. Or years, just you know? like a lot of the older ignorant people, if they right. die of natural causes, then because there's a lot of them. You know, the baby right. boomers well, didn't have enough babies, so we are vastly outnumbered by them. Once they start dying yeah. off, this will be a bit easier. Right. right. I agree, yeah. Soci- society society has moved the needle with the younger generation. That being said, obviously there are enough people that unfortunately ape the baby boomers. And again, we talk about, I'm not even going to talk about the Republican Party because my dad's a Republican and he's not an asshole. But Donald Trump is an animal. And look at all the people who well, support him. Well, he's also not actually a Republican either. So that, yeah, exactly my point. But that was the that was the the banner he logged onto, and people that claim to follow him uh, seem to seem to ape that. But anyway, moving away from the political part of it. Yeah, I, um, I have to deal with that all day, every day. So let's just get out of that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely correct. So you're right. Is, is there a watershed event that could turn things around in a Star Trek way? I, I, I tend to agree with Aaron. I think you mean like all the ma- riots that we just had this year and like yeah, it being exactly. in everyone's face, like how black people were like, being hunted and killed by police officers? You right, mean something, and how the like, fact that it has, something like that has it, caught on film? It, Right. I think I think that that's the perfect anything. kind of. I think that's the perfect kind of thing. And do you think so, did anything to... did anything significant change? Did anything come no, of it? No, not at all. I don't think it did. Uh, not at okay. all. I think, so... what, I think what you're saying is right in that we don't have we have we don't have the numbers at this point. Right. Right. We have right. a it's, lot it's... of people that are older, like you said, that are right. going to kind of keep. They're going to keep us back. There's no progress until we get past that. So, right, and, and and it's going to be a matter of attrition. People do have to die to let go of those old ways because there, there have to be people it's just that going to take, it's just going to take longer. And I mean, it's, it's purely because of the decline of population that it isn't. So, right. you know, right. it, exactly, it's, we're going to exactly be correct. 20, 30 years behind where we have to be, but it'll probably start to happen while we're still alive. Well, I hope right. so. <laughs> exactly. Right. All right. Moving on. Cause again, I'm, I'm the timekeeper tonight. Cause we do have a constraint. Shut up, Charlie. Moving... Shut up. Hey, so you know, I'm time just... in the beginning. Trying to do my do my job and be the re- the ringleader of the three ring circus, uh, literally. How uh, you, so moving an episode. I, I just want to bring up this, and we can talk about it later. The parallels of the homeless camps, and also okay. the parallels of um, I said the gulags, like rounding people up because they don't have ID and sending them somewhere mm-hmm. for their protection. And something I touched with you guys, uh, I think a couple of days ago, when I was telling you about that gated hood, yeah. right for their protection. Yeah, it's, 
exact same kind of thing. Their protection turns into the protection of the class that just doesn't want to see him anymore. Because that that's repeated time and again in these episodes that they just started shoving people in there and they didn't care who was in there because they just didn't want to look at them. It's right. an entertainment altogether. I mean, I just watched the movie They Live, John Carpenter flick from oh, yeah. the late 80s. And oh, yeah. that all is, there's a homeless encampment uh, that he ends, that Roddy McDowell ends up in. Right, right. And, I mean, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of other movies that handle there was a homeless camp here um like two years ago and the people uh, in the neighborhood adjacent to it were so outraged that the mayor wasn't doing enough about it that they went to his home and pitched tents in front of it so he could see how irritating it is and and did and did it make any difference? No. That's what they're worried about. That's what exactly. they're worried about. Not that right. people have no place to live. It's but that an eyesore. And that it is oh, that no. it's yeah that it's in your face exactly. Right. So right. that's how that's uh, how it was in Seattle. Actually, I visited my sister in law in Seattle, and they had they had a bunch of homeless camps, and it was everybody was complaining about they don't want them there. They want them to move them out of there, but people won't. They won't move them out. Yeah, leave right. them out. And, mo- and mo- what do you care what it right. looks like? Go on vacation, look at something nice, Charlie. <laughs> I'll shut. Yes. I, I will shut up. Yes, I like I said. I'm just trying to trying to keep us on straight and narrow. <laughs> Calm down. Um, but anyway, we're we're launching into Act Two, uh, the second part. So we've got everybody in the DMV, uh, and we're you know, and uh, they finally do get connected uh, connected with the local police, Detective Preston, who was uh, Rich. You're a movie guy. Do you recognize who Detective Preston is? That actress, Degra Van Valkenburg. Uh, I recognize her. I don't know where I recognize her from. Honestly. Literally, the the only thing I think I've ever seen her in is the late nineteen seventies uh, adaptation, The Warriors, which is what a great flick. She's in The Warriors. Who is she? she in the Warriors? She's she's the chick. Pardon the expression. She's she's the woman. She's oh, the girl. She's the her? girl. That's her. Well, man, I know. I, I know. Right. I know. See, this is see. You're that's where with I know the, the name from. I guess the, you, you know. You know. You're dealing with the guy who knows this kind of stuff. So anyway, they're they're negotiating with her. They're presenting her demand. They're presenting their demands. They basically um, want the uh, sanctuary districts shut down nationwide. They want the Federal Employment Act reinstated. Um, and she's like, "Well, see, I'll do what I can." But she's got to deal with the governor, and ultimately, obviously, that's not going to work. Oh, out. she just placated him. It was the same way that we're placated to when we complain about stuff to the government mm-hmm. I, she she seemed to be she didn't seem to be that disingenuous i mean i don't no, know but, but yeah ultimately but, it, but it, it i i feel really like matter. she channeled like a real politician saying like yeah you know i'll see what we can do knowing the whole time mm-hmm. that there is nothing that can be done she's placating you so that you'll just like let it go for the here and now right right um so there was a little levity provided in the episode. Kira uh, and O'Brien uh, are using the same chroniton particles that were <laughs> lo- lodged in the hull of the Defiant that caused the time travel accident in the first place to go back and visit different time periods that they think are their friends might be in. Uh, they end up first in the 1930s, and again, I told you there was an Easter egg when they beam down and there's they're outside of Speakeasy and, burp, 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 and they're hearing the music. There's a poster on the wall that is this, that is a replica of a poster that's seen on the wall when Kirk and Spock jump into the 1930s and the, the city on the edge of forever. So that was, that was fun. a cool little Easter egg. That was a cool little Easter egg. You got to remember a lot of these DS9 episodes were written by 
uh, Ronald D. Moore, who went on to remake Battlestar Galactica. He was a massive uh, TOS fan, grew up with it like many of us did. Uh, and he was also, you know, vastly responsible for the uh, Trials and Tribulations, which was the 30th anniversary DS9 uh, homage to the Trouble with Tribbles. So. I don't think I like um, that anyway. episode as much as everyone else on the planet. <laughs> I do. That is that is that is a conversation for another time, my friend. I'll do what I want. Um, but anyway, you, oh, I I understand. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you for channeling Cartman. <laughs> I appreciate it. So that was the 1930s. Then they end up in uh, the 60s, uh, where they have two hippies come out and uh, they're they're yeah. They, they flash and, the peace signs as if you couldn't yeah. tell they were hippies anyway. They're like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they beam away, and the stone hippie goes, "Wow." <laughs> I don't understand why out. he did. Yeah, so I was gonna say he said far out. It's like far right. out, man. He should have sounded yeah, exactly. more stone, man. He didn't sound all that stone. So, uh, anyways, things are winding down. We flash back to Dax with, uh, of course, uh, Rick Astley. Uh, he he finally agrees. So this is where I'm wondering. He finally agrees to help. Do you think the two of them maybe, uh, you know, maybe that's why he was so willing to help? I don't know. Maybe he's men, just men, a men nice person. I, I'd like to think he's just a nice person and that they Probably didn't have to. Probably not because he's a man, but you never know. Uh, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think there might have been some some nookie nookie involved. But regardless, she, he does finally give up his exclusive internet channel so that all the people in uh, that, that are in the DMV can tell their sad stories. Uh, and their sad stories are going to be ultimately what is going to win the day. But naturally, once we get to uh, the end of the act... Uh, and we're and we're getting into the final act of the uh, episode. Karen O'Brien do finally land in uh, the correct time period. They're able to contact Dax via her com badge. Uh, in the time in between, Dax uh, Bashir snuck out and found Dax, and they were able to get the com badge back from Ron Howard, which was the guy who stole it in the first place. Um, so there, there was your Ron Howard cameo that we already. That was Kira's badge, right? It was. No, it was Dax's badge. Dax I'm got. I'm sorry, Dax. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dax's badge. Exactly. So yeah, they they added a somewhat superfluous scene where she. I like how he was back, just so. like, "You're one of the good ones." Yeah. 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 There you go. Put, I let believe me put, you. Let me put. Yeah. Let me put on my tinfoil hat. So she anyway, talked conspiracy uh, to him, and he was well, he was okay with it. I have a question about this though, because when yeah, they please. return, when they return to regular time, and the timeline is fixed, right? They've mm-hmm. left behind Cisco's and Bashir's communication Com badges. Yeah. So, in that in, is. In that way that the Terminator arm gets left behind so that that's how they create Cyberdyne and that's how Skynet gets going. Could be. Do you think this effed anything up? <laughs> I don't know because, again, it was it was something that was pilfered by thugs and probably ended up in, in the melee. Maybe it was just lost. Yeah, they, they, melted that, know. they melted that shit down. Yeah, so that they could <laughs> so they could smoke the gold. Because remember the combat badges are made of. I don't think that's why. Out. I think it's so they could have that's some a... precious metals to buy their way right. out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so maybe get yeah, fake that, IDs. Yeah, so it's it's not like in the um the piece of the action episode of TOS where McCoy leaves his communicator behind and then you know that's that's cultural contamination or whatever. So this, it's not not quite. It could be, but I don't think it is. Um. So I at any rate, be, we need a follow up, man. You think so? A little bit of fan I fiction? So. I want to see Rich's fan fiction on this deal. Uh, so anyway, uh, understandably, the DMV gets stormed. There's a big shootout. BC gets killed. Webb gets killed. Uh, Cisco throws himself in front of a bullet to save Dick Miller, Mr. Futterman. Um, and then everything ends and they say, well, you know, uh, the messages got through. 
Uh, and ultimately, they were, you know, they were Cisco and Bashir were successful in reestablishing the timeline. Um, so they were able to beam back home again, uh, and history was restored. But for the fact that when Cisco's just kind of looking the stuff on his pad, when he looks up Gabriel Bell, it's his picture. Whoops! I hate it when that happens. There's actually an Easter egg uh, for this in early in season four when uh, uh, Nog is being taken to flown to Earth by Quark and uh, Rom, Nog's dad, episode. and he's looking at. He walks over and says, "Dad." He says, "Father, why does this Gabriel Bell human look so much like Commander Cisco?" Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, obviously, th- there is a somewhat heavy-handed line at the end of it. Said, uh, "Commander." Uh, do you really think this kind of thing should, could happen in real life? And he said, I don't know. And then we ended it. So kind of a, mm. so, You're getting off but, track, um, Charlie. Oh, yeah, bring it up. Br- bring it on back. Perfect. Bring it on back. You're getting off track. Are you in a hurry? Do you have to be somewhere? <laughs> you, you have to be somewhere. I'm helping you out. Um, so we're good. And, and what, so wait, we don't need to say. Um, so that is, that's the end of the episode. So guys, I mean, we've, we've been, it's, we've been pretty fluid the whole time, kind of talking mm-hmm. through thoughts. What, you know, if you were to encapsulate this into what do I like legacy to the franchise? I love the use of the expression. What do you think this episode really, really had to say? And what mark do you think it made apart from the fact that a, this is, it's a total left turn from the kind of DS nine story that you well, I've, I've already it, pointed out all of these parallels. And I'm wondering. I, no, I agree. I'm wondering if you two have any that I hadn't mentioned. I I don't know, Richie. I mean, I feel like it's all it's all kind of been highlighted out. You know, I mean, this was a uh, very frightening looking at the things that have just happened in you know since 2016 when the orange one took office, and all of a sudden we had to build a wall for Mexico, and we had to grab migrant kids and stick them in cages and separate them. And then we had to cancel the dreamer program and we had to do all things that would marginalize people of a separate class and color. I don't understand the whole wall around Mexico thing. Mexico is a lovely, (laughs) lovely place. The people who live there are lovely. I don't understand why there needs to be a wall. Also, I want to point out, I don't really know personally any native Americans. I'm pretty sure that we are all descendants of immigrants not all all there are some native american people and where they live their living conditions are atrocious they are Mm -hmm. a lot of them don't have electricity it's quite terrible but why can't this be a land of opportunity anymore I, i don't understand why people get to make that distinction when that's what this country is founded on and supposed to have been based on Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. Sorry, again, I just went off about that stupid wall. No, that's okay. No, we but... we know and, and we very we very precipitously balanced on that, letting the, the, the dumbest among us, the most ignorant among us, rule the roost for that time period, for that four year time period, and we are trying to fight our way out of it now. But it's it is not just obviously... that four year time period. It was Well, I know, but but years tell me before a time... that too when George now... Bush was the president or But tell me tell me a time in history where we were putting kids in cages and when people stormed uh you know and people got organized enough to try to overthrow the government or overthrow a government building to stop a lawful election. I mean there's no 
there's no parallel in history going back over 200 years. It was 200 years in between the time. I'm not did. shocked easily by anything, but when I saw what was happening at the Capitol and I saw April, yeah, the, April la- and I watched, the lack of yeah, presence yeah. in stopping it, there was no National Guard yeah. there. There was no military there stopping it. I was shocked. I didn't think I could be shocked. I know. No, we sat and watched it that whole day. But anyway, we, we said we would try to avoid talking about politics. But so Richie. I, I want to bring up a. Yeah, what's up, Rich? <laughs> I, I want to point out that what you're talking about with the Native Americans and the reservations is kind of like the gulags in this episode. It really is. I mean, gulags, I don't know if you guys know much about gulags. A little bit. Uh, okay. A little bit, yeah. Gulags are interesting because Stalin made these gulags and recruited people to go there, but they were literally rounded up off the streets. If they didn't have ID, they'd just be like, a police officer would be like, oh, come with me. You have to go here. And they're like, oh, this is a mistake. They're like, I, I can't go anywhere. I have to contact my family. They're like, you can contact your family when you get there. And then they can never talk to their family. They're driven 5,000 kilometers away to an island with no food and they ate each other. They're isolated on an island for their own protection. It's insane. And then when they got rid of gulags, they weren't allowed to leave because they had eaten people. (sighs) Yikes. Like that somehow damages your brain. Whoa. You probably have some PTSD about it. Being sure. forced to eat people to survive, but no. I mean, you'll you'll do what you have to do to survive. Yeah, you might have some PTSD, but you're not going to go around like rapidly trying to eat people. You only ate people that were already dead, so you wouldn't die. Yeah, like it's just it's <sighs> this kind of stuff is crazy to me. So when I'm watching this episode, there are so many parallels, like the gulags having um, mm-hmm. stopping people without ID. You don't have ID, you have to go here. What if somebody mugged a rich person, okay, and then they didn't have ID, and then they got stopped, they'd have to go live in this Star Trek gulag. Right, exactly. And that's that's what they're really serving it up to you as well. So, yeah, they had this catch-all, one-size-fits-all solution that just shoved people out of the way. So, you know, okay, we've got this 20-block area of San Francisco that has got a wall up around it that we just don't have to deal with anything that happens in there. Uh, you know, as long as they're not killing each other, or even if they are, as long as we don't see them, it's no big deal. Out of so, sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. So mm-hmm. it's terrifying stuff. So, all right, let's wrap this up succinctly. So, Richie, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, that if you have anybody that doesn't have ID, right, is going right. to get grounded up by these gulags or, and stuffed into these gulags, do you think rich people really did have to deal with that? Because, as I, I mean, in my experience, rich people... They have resources. They have okay, but once you're in there, how are you gonna how are you gonna call your way out? I mean, they couldn't even right. get the computer systems working to get themselves out. I mean, it is possible That's that you true. would go in there and not be able to leave. Right. Hmm. True. 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 Okay. So as as I said, let's wrap this up. We're let's making Charlie have... uncomfortable. Well, like I said, we we just <laughs> I'm trying to help minutes, you out. Charlie, calm down. I... It's not me. It's you. So it's uh, not me. And then we'll do the. It's me. It's not. It's we'll not do, me. It's not me. It's you. So right. quick rating evaluation, one to ten, Richie. Um. Okay. So I, I would say 
for this one, and I, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to kind of compare it to the other socially conscious episodes of Star Trek. Like I just watched Measure okay. of a Man because we're going to be doing a thing with that. I, uh, I watched weekend. that today. I watched that today too. That's fine. God, what a what a fantastic episode! But I anyway, know. That, that's not what Melinda we're talking about here Snodgrass. Today, right? right? She's amazing. Your anyway. friend. We're Somebody not friends. You know. We're sure. not friends. Just because we've spoken a few times doesn't mean we're friends. <laughs> so okay, com- so compare close. it. Anyways, please. my uh, my, I guess I would say probably give this. I would give this an eight out of ten DS nines because mm-hmm. I I personally like Measure of a Man a is a it. ten out of ten for you. Measure of a Man is probably a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Solid, well, exactly. I, I, they yeah. also had one of the greatest writers ever. I, I right. mean, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I'm, I mean, she's right, a New York Times bestselling you. author. I'm not yeah. like stroking her ego be, no, no, because no, no. I like I, her. I, no. She literally is a, just a phenomenal writer. Yes. I, and I agree with you. I'm just saying that like, I, I think I laughed because I'm like hot, like on Star Trek, like, if How she awesome could have written this, it might have been out of this world. A solid 10. Yeah, this might have been so, a 10 out of 10, too. Yeah. All right, Aaron. And how about you? What's your evaluation? I'm going to agree 100% with Rich and give it an 8 out of 10. I am in the same spot. So look at that, guys. We had two weeks in a row where we all <laughs> loved something. We this have could, consensus. I, I know that it's not going to continue next week because we are starting Lower Decks and it's animated and Aaron is just going to... Uh, I know you're going to crap all over it, which is your right. That's okay. But you know what? I <laughs> live in I, hope. Eventually, I might like one episode, but I don't like all the cartoony voices and stuff. Hey, let's read these well, news cartoon. stories. Yes, let's do that. All right. Uh, you know, Aaron, why don't you take the first one? What's the first one? Viacom oh. extends Alex Kurtzman's contract, mapping out the Star Trek universe on Paramount+. Plus. I'll do the other one. I didn't read this one. <laughs> ah, Rich, you do it. I didn't read this one either. Oh, you guys are killing me. You gotta do it, uh, it was just it, it was just announced that Alex Kurtzman, who has been uh, kind of flying things for Star Trek for about the last 10, 15 years, has extended his five oh, wait, and I a did half read year this. contract. Well, you're a little late for that. Uh, to basically <laughs> to run the Star Trek universe through 2026. Um, so he is the new and hopefully vastly improved. I mean, I bumped into a Facebook group. Not that long ago is, you know, we hate Rick Berman. He's the new Rick Berman, but maybe he's not such a dickhead. I don't know. Uh, well, but Rick, let's hope Rick, Rick Berman has been accused of some. A lot of bad stuff. Yeah. Hold uh, up. Well, like what? Well, you oh. can just go look it up on your own. You're going to make me Google it. You can go look at a whole Twitter feed about some lady just like roasting him. That's kind of awesome. I'm going to oh, Google it my, right now. Type in oh, like my... why Rick Berman is a bad person. Just Google that, and you and you'll her Twitter will come up, and you'll be like, "Damn, okay." He, I know, but anyway, him. Kurtzman Kurtzman has been uh, signed his deal with CBS in 2018. Discovery just been around for a year. Since then, we have gotten Picard, we've got Lower Decks, which Aaron doesn't really care for, which Boo. is going into a second season. Uh, Discovery has uh, has grown. Uh, we have another couple of shows uh, on the Mark like Strange New Worlds. We got Prodigy that's going to be dropping. So. Quite frankly, uh, Kurtzman has done more for Star Trek than probably uh, Berman could ever dream of. And there is kind of more to come. There's the return of marketing with Playmates Toys. I mean, he is doing a lot of incredible stuff. And he even mentioned something about a comedy starring Worf. What? what? A comedy <laughs> starring Worf? Just, just keep scrolling. I, I, I'm, 
perhaps that was a little bit of a giggle. But anyway, I've been happy with Kurt. I've been happy with Kurtzman's work. The guy, well, the, the Michael guy, Dorn has always said that he wanted his own Worf show, so I'm all for it. I mean, you know, I love Klingon. The Worf. We should do a. There should be a Worf variety show. The, what? There's a Worf in the house. Oh my goodness! Uh, so, but this is cool. Here's the yeah. thing about Kurtzman, though. Kurtzman is also responsible as the writer for. 2009 yeah. Star Trek and, and, yeah. and 2013's Into Darkness. He co-wrote it. Uh, okay. He's also responsible for the freaking Transformers movie. Okay, but okay, two of them. he's also a huge Star Trek fan. Yeah. Well, you why know, not like J.J. Abrams, who's like, Maybe he's I just, don't like he, this. He's just pivoted <laughs> in the right direction. So let's hope for more uh, of that because, again, he has given us, I would like to say he's given us more good than bad. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because of that, because he has given us more good than bad. Exactly correct. All right, last news story, and then we got a boogie. So Star Trek Las Vegas, the 55-year mission. This is a con uh, put on by Creation that's been going on for a number of years. It's unofficial. The official con is the one that I know at least Richie and I will be going to in Chicago next April. You you hope. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. All right, all right. And Aaron, hopefully you as well. I'll be your date, Rich. Okay. Aww, okay. Very nice. And then we're also hoping to see uh, Madison, who is another member of our senior staff who lives oh, in cool. Kansas, uh, to join us up there. So, and That's hopefully cool. anybody anybody else was listening to my voice. We're just we're not we're not working the event, but we're going to be enjoying the event. So, um, but I'll yeah, fifty five year mission has been going. Oh, I'll bet you will <laughs> work working those mean streets of Chicago. Um, but at any rate, uh, yeah, creation is creation is known for bringing well over a hundred Star Trek celebrities uh, to Vegas. For this event, however, with with a big surge in COVID in Las Vegas, uh, they are going to be requiring proof of vaccination or on-site COVID tests. This is this is this is wild, but thank this is God, fantastic! I wish they would do, but it's both. really great news. I wish yeah. they do both. They'd be like, you have to have proof of vaccination, and you have to have ID, and you have to take this have to COVID, take COVID test. test because we, if those of us who are vaccinated can still transmit it. Right, and other people like to lie about it. So yep. no, are you serious? Or get, or get fake vaccination cards? Right. Stab them in the brain. That's what I say. Stab them in the brain. Stab them in the brain. So this is super cool. I loved it. This is very. This is a very Star Trek thing to be happening in yeah. my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, using science, pushing science, making science mandatory. Um, and you know, as all three of us has bumped into, you would love to think that all Star Trek people are kind of like-minded. They like science. They're very progressive. I think <laughs> we've all fo- we've all really found out through names that we're not going to name that that's not necessarily always the case. So thank God for this. Hopefully this will save lives. I'm very excited about this. So, yeah. Hopefully they Good do it stuff. in Chicago too, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. To be perfectly honest with you, it's entirely possible. So oh, with that and – We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I think like like New York is already requiring a vaccination proof to get into restaurants and stuff. And you're asking, oh they're gosh. making people mask up. Look, that's a trend. They're setting it. It's going to start creeping this way. I can't wait. I was going to say it. that's that's what New York does. New well, York's guys, with respect to the time constraints that we have, that is the end of the show. Calm down, so, Charlie. We're going to uh, drag this out I'm, as long as we want. I don't <laughs> think so. But because of your sassy mouth, why don't you read the outro? Okay, but I'm going to change it. Okay, very good. For more information about Starfleet International and beyond, please visit Graham Petoskey and Nomad on Facebook. 
Oh, so brutal. What Friends the mittens say. is going on? <laughs> I cut out the mitten because no one cares. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, friends, thank you as always for joining us. We are, of course, part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. You're listening to Code 47. We also have got a great show called Co-op Mode about video games, a show about Star Wars called The Holocron Chronicles, and every Friday since 2014, your original guide to the geek side, the Secret Friends Unite podcast coming at you. You can find all of our episodes and great original content on our website over at secretfriendsunite.com. Find us over on Twitter at secretfriendsu. We had to remind Erin today what the address was, but now she's going to be uh, tagging it in everything she does. Very good. I love that um, shirt, Charlie. I, you know what? We've reached your favorite part of the plug. Erin, you know where you can get this shirt? And what's even more exciting is that when this episode <laughs> drops... Me. Tell me. You might even be able to save a couple of extra Quatloos. What? I over, love savings. Over, you love saving Quatloos? I love it. Tee Public shirts, hoodies, stickers, magnets, not hot pants, not hats. We're working on that. We've got different ideas, but please go out there. Uh, all proceeds do support the program. I'm going to go ability. there your ability for us to bring you great content. So with that, friends, I'm going to tell you, uh, thank you again for joining us. As always, that uh, sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. Kapla. Code 47 is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for our great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to be part of the conversation, visit our new Discord server, or join us on Facebook, or follow us at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends on YouTube, and don't forget to visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.